Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And Sarah, yeah. I, I, I'm nursing. I'm going to start again. Let's start again. Okay. Start again. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. I just minutes off of getting into the Pikes Peak Ascent, Sarah. That I is just, so uh... thrilling. I'm so excited for you. I know. I know. I was all, I had my whole thing queued up. You had to, um, you had to have a half marathon time, like a link to a half marathon time or a marathon time, but I didn't have that. And, you know, they, you know, they make it sound like I'm, you know, it's like a gold rush, you know, which <laughs> kind of is given that it's Pikes Peak. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so I was ready. It happened at noon, MST for, uh, for the slower M- runners. MDT. Mm-hmm. Yep. MDT. Sorry. Correct mm-hmm. me on that. Yep. You're big about correcting on times. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, and then the faster runners were at 1230 MDT. So my oh. two friends, um, Catherine and Becky, we had Catherine on the podcast after Boston. Um, they got to use their Boston qualifying times to get into wave one. So they're mm. going to, I emailed them yesterday and I said, uh, it's the only time I'm going to beat you in a running race. <laughs> I get to enter before you do. So, um, so in, and how many people do they take in the lottery? Tell us some details like that. I mean, I think it's about 1,000 in wave two, which is what I'm in. And then I think it's like 600 in wave one mm. um, for the ascent. And then the, the marathon, which is where you go up 13.1 and then come back down 13.1. Um, I think they take less than a thousand total. Cause it's, it's a lot, it's pretty hairy. I think that turnaround point at 14,000 feet. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So, ba- so back up a little bit. Tell us, tell us, um, flatlanders like me, what the, what the race is. Well, the ascent, I mean, it's, it's basically, it's a, it's a race up Pikes Peak. And, um, I think it's about 7,000 feet of climbing. I mean, you climb, you know, it's a 14,000 foot peak. So, um, over how many miles? 13 point, well, a little, I think it's a little over 13.1. It's a half marathon, but, um, the times are pretty comparable to marathon times. Mm -hmm. So to run the half, so I'm, you know, I'm anticipating, I put in my projected finish time is 420. Um, I have no idea if that's realistic or not, um, or ambitious or not. I have no idea, but I just thought that that would seem to pretty, you know, middle, that's kind of where my marathon time I think would be if I trained just for the marathon. So, so uh, and what, 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 how did this bug get in your head, Dimity? Oh, it's been there forever. Not forever. It's been here since we moved to Colorado Springs. I mean, so the Pikes Peak is the purple mountain majesty mm. of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that lovely purple mountain, when I lived in, in Colorado Springs, I mean, it, it just dominates the skyline. I could see it from our window. I could see it. I mean, I can see it when I drive from Denver down to Colorado Springs. It's very much, um, 
off in the distance and very noticeable at the same time, um, which sounds weird, but I, if you did it, you would notice it. Uh-huh. Um, so it's just always been there, you know, and um, I'm not, like I said, this is kind you're, of my... You're Sir Edmund Hillary. I'm doing it because it was there. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it kind of is. Well, this is my year of, I, you know, kind of two themes going this year is racing local. So I'm going to do the Boulder 70.3, which is, you know, north about an hour from here. And then Pikes Peak Ascent, which is, you know, south an hour from here, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some racing local. And then I'm also kind of doing the things that scare me. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, definitely racing in Boulder scares me. And then, um, you know, climbing for 13 miles, like that's really not my forte. I'm not a climber, but I'm not a descender either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so out of the two, I think I'm going to pick the climb just because it's easier on the body. I mean, that's, you know, if, if you had to pick, you know, one way to kind of keep your running form strong and also build strength. It's running uphill, you know? Tiffany, I gotta say, it's so like you, and I admire this about you, to have a theme in your that you that you sat back and thought about your whole year. I'm more like, oh yeah, that date works well for our travel schedule and that'd be pretty race and you know (laughs) Yeah, well it's not like I I didn't pick the theme and then pick the races. I'm more like picked the races and then I was like, oh, and here comes in oh, this, okay. you know, the theme a little bit. But I mean, yeah, I definitely, well, I knew that I wanted to stay around here this year. I mean, after doing Coeur d'Alene last year, that was um, great, but I also, it's just, especially for triathlons, all the gear and getting the bike there and, mm-hmm. you know, the expense and all that, that goes with it. The idea of being able to sleep in my bed before a big triathlon was or any race is, is very appealing. So, so that's kind of why I wanted. And then I was like, Oh, but, and then I also, you know, the race, the scary thing, like, I definitely feel like I learned a lot about myself last year doing the Ironman and I don't want to do another Ironman this year, but I definitely want to kind of not let my comfort zone shrink too much, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, as you, as I've said a gazillion times, I mean, I'm much more of a, kind of one and done girl I'd much rather do one race or one distance once and experience it and then try something else like I have no I mean 10 marathons to me sounds like my version of hell so that's probably why we're good for each other like we kind of compliment each other (laughs) whereas I'm like oh I like doing it again and again although I do I'm very proud that my 10 marathons have all been different marathons yeah yeah so yeah so so now my my only theme that i have then is um canadian uh the, the canadian. last the yeah. last last year i ran vancouver marathon and this year i'm doing victoria there marathon so yeah so maybe i and, and i'm going bc so <laughs> you're going bc and you're going for bq so i mean that's also yeah. you know i mean that's that's i mean i also i have a lot of respect for that like continually you know putting i mean because the the, the beauty of in my mind of doing a race once is that you know, it's whatever it is, it's going to be a PR, right? And it's going to be kind of a, a great experience just because you're doing it for the first time, you know, where if I like said, okay, if I, you know, if I really wanted to apply myself and say, okay, now I really want to get faster at this race, that's, that's hard for me to commit to, which, which you are committing to. Mm, okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for, yeah. although yeah. I do, but then I do like reflecting back on, you know, so that was the second time I've done Disney princess and ran it significantly faster than I did last year, even though the conditions weather-wise were very similar in terms of, um, you know, almost 100% humidity. 
and stop for way more pictures this time. So I'm like, wow, look at that. Really pushed you a lot harder in that humidity. So, you know, I, I, you know, I can always find a lesson to be learned. But, but Dimity, <laughs> one um, thing that you are repeating is you're going into a big training cycle with an injury. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I've got a broken wing, Sarah. <laughs> Cue up the 1982 Mr. Mister. So take these yeah, that's kind of the irony about Pikes Peak and especially running downhill is uh, about a week ago. So last Tuesday, I was running trail running with my friend Katie, and we were just catching up and having a good time, not pushing the pace or anything. And I tripped on a nothing rock. I mean, it was literally like a raisin I think I tripped on and um, fell on my hand, landed on my hand, landed on my knee, my right hand. And it didn't hurt at the time. I was like, oh, I'm oh. fine. I'm fine. I mean, it definitely hurt. Like, it stung in that way that it hurts when you fall. Mm -hmm. But, like, when I broke my wrist, when I fell, I mean, I knew immediately that something was very, very wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. But this was more like, oh, wow, that's going to be a really big bruise, you know. And um, we finished, and I was like, wow, it kind of hurts to grab the steering wheel. And then I kind of was looking at my hand, um, and I said to Grant that night, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just hoping it's a bruise or I tore something or like tore some ligaments. But I woke up on Wednesday morning and my my knuckles were all swollen and it really, really hurt. So uh, I decided I called the orthopedist that, you know, I visited for my neck, my back, my foot. They have, they have um, one hand doctor and he was out until yesterday, which was Tuesday. So it was a week after. So I was like, OK, well, I'm just going to make the appointment with the idea that I probably will not need it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I went in, I, it's, but it's not getting any better. I mean, the swelling has gone down, but the pain is still very, um, very much present. Wow. So I went in and got an x-ray and yes, I fractured it in one and maybe two places. There's one place it's definitely a fracture. And then the other one, he's, you know, pretty confident either. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's broken into places. Right. And so you are to tell us, um, the treatment for it and tell us how that limits your training. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, well the treatment for it, thankfully he like brought up a cast and I think I kind of went, you know, um, Mm -hmm. cause casts just suck. I'm sorry. Like, you know, they, having had them on your arms, I mean, you can't shower. I mean, you can shower, but it's this whole production with the plastic bags and, and I mean, I can run and bike and everything. So like, it would just be this sweaty, disgusting mess. I've had that situation before too. And God, take that thing off and you have to send it to the, like the doctor has to wear a hazmat to, to, <laughs> to cut it off. Sorry. Um, so anyway, so I just have a splint, which is nice because um, I can Velcro it. Can you hear it? Um, and so I can take it off to shower. And um, I actually took it off for my workout this morning because I just don't want it to be a sweaty, mm. a sweaty mess. So I can do, I can't swim mm-hmm. um, because my, I tried to swim on the way home yesterday. You know, I took a, a pretend stroke and it's shot nerve pain up to my ah. you know, elbow. So, ah, isn't, ah. This fun to, isn't this fun to live vicariously <laughs> through me? Um, so I can't swim, can't do Pilates because I use my hands a lot in Pilates, like on all fours and, mm-hmm. you know, using the straps and stuff. Um, but I can work my legs as long as I'm as hard as much as I want and um, my core and you know I'm not I'm not really that upset I mean it's a it's more of like a hiccup more mm-hmm. than anything I mean I'm confident in my swimming I'm not worried about that mm-hmm. the race isn't until um 
mid mid June. Father's Boulder's Day. seventy point through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so I get in the pool in about four to six weeks. I'll be fine. It's just more, you know. It's just it's just hard to get older, you know, and hurt your body and. And all that, you know? Well, two things. One, when you told me about it, I was like, okay, you got to totally up your calcium intake because there's just something, you just break a lot of bones. And, yeah. and and I was thinking about afterwards, I have fallen hard as many times in the this year as you have, and I walked away with no broken bones from any of it. Um, and then um, also, gosh, what was my second point? Um, oh, that I also think just sometimes I was looking at some pictures of us from Princess. It, shouldn't come as any surprise you have super long limbs and then like i just think that it's like it's too far out to the end of your extremities for your operating system to reach and so i don't know there's just i think when you fall maybe there's just like a lot of splaying going on or something well yeah there is it's a lot i have a lot of body to control i mean i really do and i see that so much with um my kids going Mm -hmm. you know who are literally i mean you know I will be like Amelia put on a pair of pants and the next day there'll be total floods on her. Like they're, you know, and that's, that's why I think it's so, I mean, I want them to play sports for a lot of reasons, but one of them is that I just want them to learn how to control this vessel. It's like growing vessel. That's just going to be, you know, a total, it's, it's hard, you know? And I, I mean, yes, you've fallen, but like, yes, I, you know, I'm coming, even though I know you're tall, I'm coming from, you know, five more inches than you and mm-hmm. coming, you know, that's a lot of G forces or whatever <laughs> it would be, you know? So I don't know. I, yeah. I do eat a lot of calcium though. I mean, I, you know, I have a latte every morning with my cereal with almond milk in it. I eat yogurt a lot. I eat cottage cheese. You know, I mean, I definitely am not, you know, I'm not vegan by any stretch. I eat a ton of cheese, especially on Friday nights on pizza. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I'm yeah. not worried so much about my, I just think that's just the the nature of, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a strong woman, but I'm also a very delicate, sensitive soul, Sarah. So <laughs> you are, and you off, are, you are trying and to... off my twigs just break. They just break. <laughs> it's the way they, I bend in the wind, but I don't break. My friend doesn't bend breaks. What well, doesn't bend breaks? So I bend, but I don't break, Sarah, and that's a good motto for life, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. And, and I do have to say, I, uh, I've i always said about my mother and me that we could basically, you know, jump off a second-story building and not break any bones. I come from a very a line of people with very dense bones, I think, or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say very hardy bones. Yeah, I do, I do think there is something genetic with it. And actually, the funny thing is, is my mom was skiing uh, about three weeks ago, and she broke two of her fingers on her left hand, oh, and you I told broke me my that. right hand. Yep. So, you know, we're, mm. we're a good pair right now with our broken links. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, well, I think we should bring our guest, who is definitely built a whole lot more like a bird and a twig than you and I are, Timothy. Um, <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> yes, we are talking with Magdalena Boulay, who is the VP of Innovation, Research, and Development at Goo Energy Labs. She's a mother of a son who's almost nine, and she has also been at two Olympic trials and qualified for the Olympic marathon once. And most recently, oh my gosh, she won an 8K Masters National race, and she won the a uh, way too cool 50 kilometer endurance trail run in cool California, which I think that race name has to be one of the coolest race names ever. So let's and within two weeks. Yeah. Yes. I mean, within, were... yes. Within uh, 15 days of each other. Pretty stunning. 
Hi, this is Sarah with just a quick note. I'm joining you via Skype to let you know that we had a Skype issue when we were recording our interview with Magda. So here we are. We've lost about 10 seconds of the interview, but here she is telling us what it is she does at Goo Energy Labs. So at Goo Energy Labs, uh, I am the VP of uh, Innovation and Product Development. So I get to spend my time researching the best nutrition possible to help our athletes achieve their goals, as well as work in the lab on finalizing uh, our current formulation and, and new formulas. Yeah, no, you, we got to test a, a secret, perhaps new flavor that you sent us. That was pretty exciting. So part of your job is tasting new goos and whether they, they uh, are savory enough or sweet enough or what else, tasty enough to, to pass, to come out in the stores? Absolutely. So we work very closely with a lot of our good ambassadors and athletes, mm-hmm. and we I have the privilege of working with uh, with uh, all the different sports. Uh, you know, uh, athletes that do winter sports, uh, as endurance sports, and strength athletes. And uh, I get feedback from before we go into the market. We spend uh, some good amount of time field testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am one of the subjects. I always, you know, take uh, whatever we come up with and a lot. I take it uh, and, and test it in, you know, in the field and in what I do on a daily basis. But I also rely heavily on the feedback from uh, from a good ambassadors and, mm-hmm. and our pro athletes. Nice, nice. And you also have, um, you are, a, you have a degree in exercise science. Is that right, Magda? Correct. So I'm an exercise physiologist and my master's degree uh, emphasized on, uh, on sports nutrition. Wow. Wow. So you're like the complete package. You like know how the muscles fire and you know how to fuel them. Like, and you can run really fast because, because that's, that's the most, go ahead. It, 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 it's really fun when you can apply when you can apply the academic uh, background that you know that obviously you know, I, was, I was very passionate about when I went to school but I can also apply it on a daily basis when you know when I perform when I train and uh, it, it really all you know collides together and makes sense and you know I uh, there's no better place than you know than being out in the field and doing what I do and coming up with you know with new ideas and tweaks and and uh, and for for our product and saying, you know, this is this is this works great, or here is where we need we need to do some work. Uh, it's you know, it's really you know, hands on, and um, and uh, you know, and that's what I expect from you know from the athletes that I work with here at Goo as well to give me that kind of feedback. But it's it definitely it's definitely a lot of fun when you can put you know that uh, academic background uh, into you know into into practice. Not just not just publish in really um, hard to understand journals, right? <laughs> um, well, so yeah. So talk a little bit about your running history. I mean, you are a very accomplished runner. So kind of take us back to um, go through a little bit of your history and don't be modest, please, Magda. Oh, well, you know, um, honestly, you know, I. I, I... I started as a swimmer when I was when I was younger. You know, my dad uh, was a swimmer, um, and I, I, you know, I ended up in the water. You know, in my in my younger younger days, um, and it wasn't until late in high school where I 
kind of, you know, met met a friend and wanted to 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 be on a team and and uh, started to run and absolutely fell in love with running. But I I didn't start till I was you know till I was a senior in high school. So um, I had a late start. I was a late bloomer as a runner. I ended up uh, going to a junior college, uh, trying out for a team, and then uh, after a couple of years, I progressed pretty quickly. Uh, and you know that's the beauty about running that you you know if you really you know if you're consistent you're going to improve. Uh, so after a couple of years, you know, I got a scholarship to come to Cal Berkeley, and um, and I was still, you know, I, I my first year, I you know I wasn't you know wasn't you know the superstar on the team or anything, but um, but I you know kept kept at it and really just wanted to to be better and do all the little things whatever it took to. Uh, you know, to to get to the next level, and uh, I remember my last last season, um, my last year of the season was uh, I made the national championship race, and and uh, I did really well. I you know that was the first time I became an All American in 5,000 meters, and I remember finishing that race and going. Wow, I feel like I'm just starting. This mm-hmm. is college is over, running's over. But w- what do I do next? I feel like I'm, you know, I, I have this untapped, you know, potential to to still improve. And um, at that time, uh, to pursue running post college was not as popular, especially for female athletes, as it is. As it is right now, um, there are limited options throughout the country where to go and train, and and uh, and you know, who, uh, trying to you know to make that decision: Do you go back to school? What do I do? It was uh, it was a tough decision, um, but I knew deep inside that I I wanted to you know I wanted to 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 give running a try and see how good I can get and. Uh, luckily, I you know I met uh, my coach Jack Daniels, who's been uh, such an instrumental person in my life, and um, and he pretty quickly told me that uh, that uh, you know I should consider the marathon. Uh, so I went from a 5K, you know, in college to just uh, within a year, I didn't even do a 10K, and I said, okay, I, I'm going to do this marathon thing. And uh, he could tell right away that you know there was. Uh, there was something, you know, about me and that that distance that uh, we would make a good match. Okay, so, uh, nice. so what what year did you run your first marathon in? So my first marathon was in 2001. Uh, I ended up uh, going to uh, to Cleveland. I picked a small marathon, uh, and it was in May, and. Uh, and you know, I I actually had a pretty rough experience there. You know, I I was such a scientist. I I wanted to follow my nutrition to to see whatever the book was recommending, and uh, and that didn't go very well. Um, uh, and, <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I just like how you, you know your description of it. Did you did you hit the wall or did you end up like no, throwing I up just, or I, what? I tried to take too much. I tried to oh, take okay. too much. I, I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, so paranoid about hitting the wall and running out of, uh, you know, uh, fuel that I basically took too much and a lot of it came out. So, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. But, you know, I fine-tuned it ever since. Um I was working at Goo at that time. I was uh, I was actually uh, very 
very new in the research and development department. I was working with uh, with Dr. Ban, who was who, who who was the founder, who is the founder of uh, of Goo Energy, and uh, you know I, I I learned a ton from uh, from him as well. And uh, you know after that first marathon, I you know started to to fine tuning what really works for me. And uh, you know I could really tell that by you know after so many years, I've mastered my you know my little formula that uh that I know I can take to a race day to training and uh and I know that I can rely on it because because as Dimity suspected you are being a little modest because you not only kind of perfected your your um nutrition. your nutrition you also have gone on to you've done you've qualified for the Olympics in the marathon how many times is it how many times have you gone to the trials and then um been one of the top three there yes Yes. So, um, you know, I I would have to say that, you know, in 2004, I I was fourth. I just missed the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was was pretty heartbreaking because I felt like I was – I was uh, in my prime there, and uh, then, you know, uh, without knowing that I had maybe um, uh, still a lot of years ahead of me. But at that time, you know, the world just crashed. I came – you know, I missed the team by – uh, less than a minute. Uh, oh. I was fifth. I'm sorry, I was fifth, uh, not fourth. Um, and um, and uh, you know, I, I I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go on after. Um, I remember coming back, and uh, my husband and I decided to you know to start our family. And during those nine months, uh, you know, I kept running and. You know, it kind of had a different perspective on, on, on life. And when my son was born in 2005, I said, there is no way I'm done. I'm coming back. And if anything, I was even more hungry. The pregnancy was extremely good for me, uh, just for just uh, taking a little break from uh, how intense training can get, you know, for, for an Olympic year. And uh, I came back very, very hungry to perform even at the higher level. And in 2008, I made the Olympic team. So. Um, my son was three at that time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know after after the Olympics, which you know I did not have a great race at the Olympics, but I immediately after that, I in 2010 and 11, I have run the best uh, times in in a marathon, in a 5K, in a 10K. So I've set some uh, some. Uh, some PRs, uh, personal records, you know, at the age of 38, um, and you know, it's it's been ever since. It's been just a you know an incredible journey. Wow. Well, what's what's your best marathon? I mean, so what? So tell us what your marathon PR is, just because you know it's dangling in front of us. So we've got to know what what is it, Magda? It's 226. 226. And where did you run that? And I I ran that in Rotterdam. Um, oh. It was uh, and it was in April. The weather was great, and that day I felt like you know like I was just invincible. Uh, it just it was probably the easiest race I've ever done. And mm. and uh, you know it's one of those I've had marathons that were not nearly as fast that felt a lot harder. But sometimes you you know it's worth chasing that one day where everything aligns: your nutrition, the weather, the way you feel. Uh, and you're just running on cloud nine, and that was that day for me. Nice, nice. Well, and it sounds like you must have had two days similar to that. Recently, you've just had um, – you have won an 8K and a 50K. They were just a little over two weeks apart. So t- so tell us a little bit about those races. 
Yes, so uh, so I've turned 40, um, and so I've entered a, a you know a, a different uh, different chapter in my in my running. I think since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash AMR. That's BarkBox.com slash AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com AMR. Um, Welcome to the Masters. Exploring, Welcome to the Masters. I'm exploring. I'm exploring different, uh, you know, different races, different. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I did a road 8K master, U.S. Master Championships uh, in Southern California just a couple of weeks ago and then turned around and did a 50K on the trails, just amazing trails, uh, just uh, up by Auburn, uh, Northern California. And, um, and you know, uh, it, it, both of the races were very, very different, but uh, a, a great highlight for me. And, uh, it, you know, it, I'm having fun uh, being versatile and not just, you know, concentrating on, you know, one distance and one, uh, one race, but really just exploring uh, different, uh, different options out there. Well, and you got, you took first in both of those. I think Sarah said that, but I just want to, yes. you know, yes. emphasize that. Yes. yes. Well, and so if you had to choose between, you know, an intense shorter race or a longer, maybe a little bit more relaxed race, what, where's your like natural inclination going these days? I, I, I'm really, really in, inspired by, you know, by the very challenging aspect of, uh, of some of the mountain races and trail races. There's a lot of vertical, either gain or loss, and, and they tend to be in, in, in 
in places that are really beautiful. So uh, right now my heart is uh, is set, you know, on some longer stuff. But if anything, it has helped me uh, gain uh, really good uh, endurance strength uh, for you know for for the shorter distances too. So I try not to eliminate any of the training that I you know that I would normally keep in my routine. So I still uh, incorporate shorter you know shorter workouts so I I can be competitive in the shorter distance. Instances, but I'm really enjoying the longer stuff right now. Nice, nice. So, so let's move on to tapping some of that knowledge that you have about nutrition. And, and so what do you think is the number one thing mother runners could do nutritionally that could improve their running? So not necessarily make them faster, but make them feel better while they're running. Correct. So, uh, running is, uh, is, uh, it's one of those, uh, events where, you know, that, the longer you run, the, the more time you spend out there. Um, uh, fueling becomes uh, so important, not only during, but it also it's, if you don't feel during uh, or before or after, it's going to make those consecutive days uh, going into to training or preparation of the race so much more difficult. So making sure that, uh, that you feel, uh, feel during and especially hydration is extremely critical. So getting in a habit and finding out what works uh, um, and having that on automatic pilot where it's just second nature that, hey, I'm going to feel, uh, you know, every 30 to 45 minutes, whatever that is, because it will depend on, on an athlete. It will depend on, on, on their size and, and, uh, and the environment as well if it's cold or hot, but really trying to, uh, to, to fine-tune that formula that works uh, for them is probably the most critical. And hydration, uh, once, you, once you start getting dehydrated, everything just starts to feel harder. And not only does it feel harder, but you also cannot fuel, um, and it's harder to, to refuel once you dehydrate it. Um, so hydration is number one, making sure that, uh, that you go in, uh, your training session, your long runs, uh, or your race is hydrated, but also staying on top of fueling during because it's going to help uh, help with uh, not only uh, prevent you from fatiguing, uh, but it also will help you with recovery and feeling good in consecutive days. Nice. I have a, I, this is kind of a little off the beaten path, but I'm just curious, do you like, you know, do you kind of conduct experiments of one on yourself? Like you're going to say, okay, I'm going to go run, you know, 10 miles at a tempo pace and not eat anything just to see what it feels like, you know, or something like that, where you're, you know, kind of trying to learn about, you know, maybe how you can refill your tank if you don't, you know, if you, if you've gotten too far in or whatever. I'm so glad you asked because uh, currently at work uh, we are doing a little mini study here where we uh, we have uh, partnered up with a with a company that makes this technology that allows us to look at your muscle and uh, see the content of your muscle glycogen. So muscle oh. glycogen is all the fuel that you store from eating your food and that you will be using when you're running it uh, when you when you're out running. So we are doing a few different things. Um, you know, um, we will go for you know for for a 90-minute run and not fuel at all and see how how drastically uh, the muscle glycogen will be depleted and how quickly we can uh, we can refuel it with you know with our product and then we'll compare that to when you when you uh, 
when you go out uh, the next day on that 90-minute run, but you do take good during and see if we can maintain some of that uh, muscle glycogen in your muscles um, and not deplete yourself. Because, again, with consecutive training, and that's what running is, you, 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 whether you're running every day or doing some kind of exercise every day, you're constantly using that muscle glycogen that you you get from converting when you eat food. So um, we are doing this currently, and we're starting to see some, you know, some great, uh, great trends where if you if you don't feel, you, you know, you're getting in that red zone, and you might not notice that after, you know, first first day, maybe not second, but accumulation of those days, you're gonna start feeling really, really tired, and if anything, that can lead to some injuries. Um, sure soft tissue injuries, and uh, and that's just not a you know not a not a fun um, uh, fun thing to do or to happen. Uh, but uh, um, we uh, we did I do this all the time. I feel like you know kind of being the guinea pig uh, uh, for for the ideas that you know I might bring to work or that I want to you know explore in my my own training and racing and make sure that I, I tested before. Uh, before I before I implemented in the race. Sure. And um, so, so we have a lot of women or not a lot, uh, fewer than, um, that used to be, but you know, we, we meet them at expos and they come in and they're telling us that they're running a half marathon, but they don't eat during mm-hmm. the race, you know? And it just oh, like, yeah. and I, I have such a hard time with that because I think it's two things. I mean, I think that women get worried. I mean, a lot of us are running to, you know, lose baby weight yeah. or, you know, feel, yeah. feel like, you know, keep their pounds off. So it's like, I'm going to go out and run and then eat a hundred calories along the way. Like why? And, and that, yeah. and then also, I don't think, um, you know, the, the second part is that I think that people are nervous about kind of trying it, you know? So I guess if you had someone come to you and say, I have never eaten, but I run, you know, I'm running half marathons. What would you do to kind of get them into a, a pattern of eating or trying to eat and not necessarily goo, but just taking in fuel, anything, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a number, um, number one rule is that consuming carbs in any form during exercise will increase your performance. Um, and, uh, the, the biggest, you know, the biggest thing that, you know, that I would, uh, try to explain to someone is that it's impossible to take in the same amount of calories that you are, that you are, uh, uh expending, uh, during, uh, and you can't replace them all. So, uh, if, if you are out there on a long run and you will, uh, you will expend 1,000 calories, uh, it's it's impossible for you to take 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 in those calories. So um, so at the end, even if you're fueling during, you still will be in a deficit, and you still have to replenish those calories afterwards in order to be fully recovered. So um, so not taking anything in during, not only is it going to make that experience totally not fun, <laughs> uh, it's very unpleasant when uh, uh, you know g- glucose during. So you you definitely have some stuff stored in your muscle, right? You have some muscle glycogen um, uh, from from either the night before of eating or your breakfast or lunch what, what, that has been converted into fuel. But that's very, very limited. And you still have to take in fuel during, uh, and that alone will contribute to, to your thinking process because your brain works on glucose. 
So uh, you are more likely to uh, to give up too soon. Uh, so when you're out there, you might make decisions that are not uh, uh, that wouldn't be uh, as uh, as clear as if you were feeling. So. Uh, your perceived effort will uh, will go up, so you, things will start to feel a lot harder too when you're feeling. So uh, there's so many positives from feeling during. Um, and number one thing is just also again, uh, when you feel during, not only do you perform better, but you also recover faster. We often say okay. at expos. Yeah. I mean, you're you know when you get those mental monkeys, what you're talking about, not making clear decisions, yes. not feeling great about yes. yourself, kind of getting into a lot of negative self-talk. That's a very, we right. simplify it, but say that's kind of a way of your brain trying to shut your muscles down, right? Because it doesn't have enough glucose or glycogen, yes. right? Yes. And so just, I mean, honestly, you would, I mean, I, you know, I can tell the difference. I get in that place, I take in some fuel and 10 minutes later, I feel like a rock star again, you know, or maybe yes. not even that, that long, you know? So I think that that's, I mean, I, don't, I think people sometimes don't make that connection between, you know, your thoughts and what your body needs, especially when you're running. Absolutely, and it's really critical that we, can, you know, uh, that uh, that you that you hydrate, and you can get a lot of the the benefits of you know of uh, in your hydration hydration drink. You can have your carbs, and you can have your electrolytes, and the electrolytes are extremely uh, important too when you when you when you're out there for a long time and you're sweating them out. So um, uh, a little bit of caffeine will also uh, help you, you know, decrease uh, perceived effort and uh, and also increase your concentration level. So uh, and 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 some you know uh, some brain chain amino acids which. Uh, which we include in good as well. All of uh, uh, not only do uh, you know not only do um, uh, amino acids uh, help you maintain muscle protein uh, balance, but also uh, help you you know with with that uh, clear thinking and focus and concentration. So there's a lot of stuff that you can you can get by fueling uh, uh, and, and to perform better. Um, and you will never be able, you know, to you know to replace the calories that you're expending during. It's impossible to eat that much. Uh, so I would say, you know, concentrate on healthier eating uh, outside of uh, uh, of uh, you know of that critical period before, during, and after. And don't compromise that feeling during because it's going to take you so much further. Uh, you know, um, ha having no fuel during, it's not going to allow you to train cons uh, con uh, consistently and on consecutive days um, and your goal of whether it is to maintain weight or lose weight it's it's going to be interrupted by well getting hurt or just not really enjoying what you're doing so you're better off feeling during having fun and doing it every day <laughs> you make it sound so wonderfully simple um so so you alluded to getting some calories in with what you drink. And last weekend I ran with my running partner and her 18-year-old daughter who was asking about eating a gel and drinking sports drink with carbs in it, like, you know, a Gatorade or a Powerade. And and that's, I told her it was overkill. I, I told her the right thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, could yeah. you maybe talk a little uh, bit about absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, and obviously, you know, um, uh, you uh, athletes need to be aware of uh, of uh, how much they can take per hour. So uh, you're, you know, uh, 18 year old athlete, a female athlete that could be, you know, uh, 100 plus pounds, uh, close closer to maybe 100 pounds, mm -hmm. versus a male, you know, cyclist or even a male triathlete that is 160 pounds, will require different amount 
of those uh, of uh, calories during. Um, and if you take too much, you might not be able to to empty that from your stomach quickly enough, and it's going to cause a lot of stomach distress. So making sure that you're aware of how much a gel has plus a drink is really, really important. Uh, I found out that for me, uh, I like to alternate. So I'll take my gel and I, I'll chase it with water uh, because I know it's 100 calories. I know that I'm chasing a little water that has no calories. And then the next time I'm feeling, so it might be, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, you know, I'll take a sports drink. So I, I keep alternating between the two. Uh, this way I'm putting the least amount of uh, demand on my stomach to, to digest it to, to, uh, and, uh, and to, to empty it from my stomach and get it, you know, into my muscle. Um, so it's, uh, I, I always like to tell, you know, I, I coach as well a few athletes, and I always tell them, you know, you need to find a system that is that has the less demand on your stomach to do the work because the more demand you put on your stomach to, you know, to, to, uh, to digest something, it's going to require blood to, you know, to, to do the work, blood to your stomach. And you don't want to share that with your working muscle. You want all that blood to go and support the working muscle so you can perform it at, uh, at whatever pace is uh, uh, your desired pace. Um, so there, there shouldn't be any competition. So the least, the least demand on the stomach is going to re require you to take frequent small uh, amount of calories, um, but, uh, you know, still trying to, to get the desired uh, amount of calories per hour in and hydration. Did that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and so don't double dip is basically is a good way to say it, you know? <laughs> yeah, don't double dip, yes. <laughs> One or the other, but not both. Not both. Well, and do you have any, um, this is probably, this is a, like the million dollar question. So Magda, if you know the answer to this, we get, we get to share in the profits. Okay. Um, yeah. but we're looking for women, you know, women, um, often train, like we talked about earlier to lose weight, but they get into a longer distance training situation where they're training for a half marathon or a marathon. And they find that they're actually either maintaining their weight or worse in their minds is that they're gaining weight. Um, and so, can you kind of talk about what, why that is and what people, like some ways, I mean, I we realize that it's muscle probably over fat that they're gaining, but that doesn't Absolutely. always feel good, right? When you're running 20 yeah. miles, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, obviously when you, when you're training for, for endurance events, um, your, your, your overall diet uh, is higher in carbohydrates because that's the primary fuel that you're using. Uh, you need to replenish all that, you know, precious muscle glycogen that, uh, that, uh, that needs to be ready for the next day. So you're, usually your ratio of, uh, of carbs to protein to fat, uh, for endurance athletes, the carbs are, you know, higher than, than the other two. Um, and and each molecule of carbohydrates is attached to water, so that water attached to uh, to, to to carb is very very important, and it's going to come in handy during you know during during a race. So and if you're preloading on carbs right before, there might be a chance that you're also increasing uh, increasing uh, that water content, which is which is weight. Um, and at the same time, you know you you're 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 getting more fit, so you're gaining more muscle, and that weighs 
more as well. So there's, there's, it's coming from all different directions. And I think that uh, eventually your body will find, you know, that, uh, that weight that it's comfortable at. But, you know, I always say, you know, I always say, you know, if, if you're training, if you fit and if you, you know, if you're, uh, if you're in the weight room and doing strength work, it's, Eventually, your body will, you know, will find that comfort zone, uh, and I wouldn't wouldn't get too worried when, you know, when it gets a little bit higher, especially before a raise, because most likely that's coming from just the water that's attached to carbs, um, and uh, that is going to be, you know, hydration during. It's it's you know it's you're gonna use that that water content in your muscle. It's going to be uh, it's going to be very beneficial during sure. a, during a long race. Um, well, do you have any of your athletes that kind of get that, you know, entitlement thing where, hey, I ran 20 miles today so I can clean out the fridge <laughs> and eat it all? Uh, you know, and, 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 and yes, and, and I always, I, I always uh, have, have a problem with that. Uh, I go, you just worked so hard and now, you, you know, you're going to, you know, to go and uh, as long as it's good and nutritious food, that's, that's, that's awesome. But, uh, you know, a coach, I coached in college. Uh, uh, a Division One school in the past, and the first thing that you know that a college athlete would say, "All right, so now I can go and get all that junk food because I just did so well in the workout." And I said, "No, that's just that's one step forward, two steps back. You know, you need to choose the fuel that is going to, you know, to allow you to to recover." So I, I'm I'm very big on having you know food afterwards that has high nutritional volume. And that allows you to, you know, to uh, to obviously recover. Uh, occasionally, you can splurge, but it, you know, I always think, okay, how, how is this going to, you know, to help me, you know, stay injury free and and allow me to recover and and make sure that you know uh, that you hit the goals, whether it's maintaining my weight or uh, you know or wh- whatever the goal is, you know, trying to trying to stay on track. So. <laughs> All right, alas, I don't think we got the million dollars, but um, but that was useful it. advice. So, um, <laughs> so, so thank you for joining. Well, oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. oh, before oh, we let her go, oh. I have to ask you. I have, I was, I was saving up. My, oh. This is my million dollar question. Okay. So, what is right, the most right. odd? Uh, what is the most odd flavor of goo that has been suggested that you guys make? And I was thinking pickle juice. Yeah. I saw pickles. Um, some guy at a triathlon had them yeah. laid out in transition. And I know that, you yes. know, a lot of like the hardcore mountain bikers like like to drink the juice, you know? So I'm curious, yes. like what, what are some oh, of yeah, the most random you. things? If you can tell us some random flavors. Oh, I'll tell you. I, you know, I probably have never tasted this much bacon goo. <laughs> oh. I, we've tried, we've tried. It didn't work. It was pretty gross. But oh. believe it or not, that it's has been, fat. we do listen to our customers. We listen to our loyal goo consumers and that has been coming uh for years how about a bacon goo it was gross oh that sounds super nasty yeah no thank you i think of like the fat in the pan after i mean that kind of you know like that's what i think would but that's i don't think i could handle a bacon i mean i don't i just don't think so no, no. Yeah. Yes. It would be too much like lard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I'm on the same page with you. <laughs> and what's so what what's the most popular flavor? 
oh, the most popular flavor that we can keep up and can't make enough of it is salted caramel. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. The, uh, yes. Who's going to find? We've been really busy. Yeah. And who's going to find the, the golden packet that, the uh, Yeti. <laughs> yeah, yes. that gets them their trip to California? So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, out there. Can, you offer, can you offer our listeners any special tips? Just because, you know, there's mother runners. We're all connected, Magda. Can you tell us at least what state it's in or anything like that? I think that, you know, the biggest the biggest mistake that, you know, I, you know that uh, uh, as women we do is, you know, just not feeling before. We always, you know, running out, uh, running out the door and trying to get a million things done. And, um, you know, I have to remind myself when I get up in the morning to, to go run that, you know, I need to I need to get in some calories. I need to get uh, I need to get some fuel in me before, you know, starting the day. And um, I, I, I train in the morning. So. So for me, you know, I turn to, you know, to a hydration drink. I make sure that, uh, that you know, I get wherever I'm going uh, to, you know, to, to the trails that I have my bottle and I just sip on it and I get my calories, electrolytes in there. And uh, sometimes uh, I use the rectine drink. It has, uh, you know, it has a little bit of caffeine in there, especially if I didn't have time to make coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And um and uh, and good amino acids that you know will just you know it's a good starting point before I before I uh, before I start my my day with a run and um, you know after sleeping for you know for you know six to eight hours hopefully eight uh, and going to the run with no fuel is just not a lot of fun so we want to enjoy this process we want to make this experience uh, really enjoyable so you can get up the next morning and you're hungry to do it again. Uh, so fueling before is and staying hydrating is going to be uh, something that I always you know say, hey, make sure you start your day the right way. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Magda. Have a great you know. Let us keep us posted. We'll see you out on the ultra trails, winning you know 50 milers, 100 milers. You know. Thank you, thank you guys. Okay. Yes, thanks. and good luck to all the moms out there. Okay. Thanks, Magda. Thank you. Bye bye. So take these broken. Oh, Dimity, she dodged your question about where to find the Golden Yeti. I know, I know. I'm not sure if that was uh, my lack of pronunciation. <laughs> I, I think she might have taken the word state for mistake. Oh. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Oh, that was clever of you. I just I just thought, oh, she didn't quite understand Dimity's question. I love that, that you already have put, put two and two well, together. I was going to interrupt her, but then I thought, no, I'll just, you know, because she's got a lot of information. It's true. You got to eat to to run. You got to run to eat. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, that's my new thing. We've heard it a couple times from nutritionists, but finally Magda shared that with us on the webinar that we've been doing for our uh, monthly for our Prove It Challenge. And so finally I'm like, okay, I am going to eat before runs now. So I take in a, a you know, small number of calories, like around 100 calories, but that's I'm going to see now as I um, enter into marathon training, I'm going to see if it pays off. So. Yeah, I mean, we've heard that from Magda, we've heard that from Cassie Dimmick, we've heard mm-hmm. that from Tara Gaitis at yep. um, Run Disney. So yeah, so I mean, if you don't do it, if you walk away with nothing else from this podcast, besides the fact that you don't want to eat bacon goo, um, <laughs> you, I mean, it can be a banana, it can be a piece of toast with just, either, you know, a little butter on it. It can be, you know, Tara likes, um, Tara, I should say, right? Tara. Yeah, Tara. Uh, so she likes a handful of dry cereal or... A uh, handful of dry cereal. Yeah, just something to kind of get your metabolism 
metabolism rubbed. It's like pushing the gas, you know, before you um, start your car, you know, sometimes you rub it in the garage. I sometimes, you know, rub my minivan just to make noise. But you know what I'm saying? Like it kind of gets the engine going. So. Right, 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 right. And I have to say, this is my last, this will, this will totally off key, but, um, you know, when we, before we had Magda on our webinar a couple of weeks ago, again, for our Prove It Challenge people, um, I got to run with Sage Roundtree that morning. Oh, right, um, yeah. Because she was here in Denver doing uh, an REI workshop for yoga at the mm-hmm. downtown REI. And, uh, and so we ran in, in Wash Park and I told her that we were having Magda on and she was like, she got to see her. So the 2008 Olympic trials were in Boston right mm-hmm. before the Boston marathon. She said that she was off the front and she ran the gutsiest race that Sage had ever seen. And I was just like, I caught chills, just like, Oh, I get to talk to her tonight. So, oh. so she is very, very modest, but she is a powerhouse of a mm-hmm. runner. Yep. A little tiny powerhouse. Yep. All right. Well, and if you're looking for other advice and maybe some, uh, you know, push out the door, visit us over on Facebook at Run Like a Mother, the book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. We will have also, by this point, launched our new store, which is motherrunnerstore.com. Ooh, oh, can't oh. wait to see it. <laughs> uh, do we carry towels? Do we carry towels? <laughs> <laughs> we do not. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram, we are The Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, are available on Amazon and our new store. Um, and that's enough, Sarah. That is enough. Yes. It's yes. Good enough. We'll see you out, the, we'll see you out there. Many happy miles. <laughs>